4: Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts in New York City? <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was an incredible introduction, Casey. Well done. Yes, oh. UFC 295 back. Well, the UFC is back in Madison Square Garden for UFC 295. You see the faces. that will be fighting for championships. Yes, you're supposed to get Jon Jones maybe in his final fight against Steve Apiicic, maybe in his final fight, but injuries happen. Things fall apart sometimes, but in the end, we got a fascinating main event, a very intriguing co-main event, and a very interesting MSG-ish lineup, which we're going to talk about right now here on the UFC 295 preview show Welcome, everybody. I am Mike Heck. I never do these alone. Thank goodness. We got my bald brethren, the wise wordsmith, deputy editor for MAFighting.com, the great Sean Elshadi. How are we doing, sir?
3: I'm doing wonderful, my man. This is my most anticipated fight of the year. I'm back with you, gentlemen. This is great. This is a great time. And fresh off of
5: hosting the weigh-in show like nobody else, my best friend, the Prince of Positivity, Mr. Alexander Kaylee, AK. What going? is
6: up? What is up, everybody? Happy Veterans! Will be tomorrow in uh, advance. Happy Veterans Day and Happy uh, Remembrance Day in Canada, for my for my fellow Canucks. But uh, yeah, super pumped for Saturday's card. I'm with Daniel Cormier. Give me this Pavlovich Aspinall fight over Jon Jones. stipe any day. Uh, I'm all about. I'm all about being hardcore, Mike. People know me. As, they call me AK Hardcore Lee. That's how I'm. Uh, that's how I how highly my fandom is regarded. And uh, this is a hardcore course delight at the top, I feel. And not and a really, really good being card overall.
5: That I is not like very had, catchy. <laughs> no, I feel like you've had 18 nicknames since I was at the plenty. MMA fighting. Yeah, I'm like Shaq. She's <laughs> got a lot. <laughs> ah, well said, AK. You know what, Shaheen? I, I want to begin with you because AK brought out a key word that I've been hearing since this John Jones Steep fight fell apart hardcore this is a hardcore fans delight but may not have the casual appeal like this card probably doesn't pass the public's grocery store test but for the hardcore fans these are two very interesting fights the main event is the one we've been looking forward to we had the ranking show we ranked them it was like unanimous Yuri Prohoshka versus Alex Pereira was the fight but I don't know man like the vibes just don't seem the same as compared to most other MSG cards, like it is very strange, is it not? Like compared to even 281 and 268, especially 205, that was obviously the historic event, the first one at MSG, but this just feels like a like a regular pay-per-view. Not that it's a bad thing, but for MSG, this,
3: I don't know. It's just the buzz isn't where it typically is. Do you feel that too? You know what? I think, okay. I would say that's a fair assessment, right? but I also don't care. Yes. If I'm being honest, right? Like we spend so much time worrying about how big things are gonna be, numbers, excitement. Does it feel like the casual audience is involved, all of that? I don't give a shit. I really don't this weekend, Mike. This one's for us. Sometimes we get one for us. This one's for us. This is Christmas come early. This is birthdays come early. This is all of it wrapped in one, for me at least. If the gods of Valhalla came down right now and said heen, I need you to make this deal. We're going to wipe out the rest of the MMA calendar, but you get to keep Yuri and Alex 100%. Sure, you get it. I'm signing up for that deal right now. I do not care, Mike. I don't care whether no one likes this. I don't care where everyone whether everyone likes this. This one is for me. I am so dumb deeply deeply excited for this light heavyweight title fight this is chaos incarnate just to the two absolute chaos agents of the ufc right now just going at each other and also you know this heavyweight fight is very fun and probably is whoever wins this is going to be the heavyweight champion by this time next year because of how weird this division is so i just really don't care i really don't i'm so excited for this and i just i I almost just don't even want to talk about this main event because i don't want to jinx it but it's gonna be so much fun. You you may not feel the buzz right now. And I feel like that was pretty predictable, right? You get two guys who aren't really like hype up masters, they're not really cutting promos out here. But by the time Jerry and Alex are walking out there tomorrow night, we're all gonna be feeling it.
5: Yeah, these are four like Tom Aspidal has a great personality, but the other three guys could just stand there looking stoic, and you're just like, all right. These guys get it. They don't have to say a word. They just look angry and ready to fight. AK, where are you at? With this I'll get your gymnastics score as well. But yeah, this is the, the buzz may not be there, but this is the hardcore delight kind of an MSG card. This just feels like a regular pay-per-view, and that's okay. This is for us, AK. What's the gymnastics score for UFC 295? Where are we at here?
6: Uh first let me say Shaheen may not care about the people, but I do. I think uh their voice is important. Uh, you guys are if you people are out there, you are important all right don't listen to shaheen saying who cares what the public think. that's just absurd uh so of course i've thrown up a poll <laughs> uh uh echoing a question uh, mike that you asked on on heck of a morning that was discussed on heck of a morning earlier today even uh where do you rank ufc 295 among the madison square garden cards and i, and I wish i could provide a better range i just gave three options best best lineup middle of the road worst lineup uh worst lineup very few people picking that so far at eight percent most people agree it's middle of the road uh 61%. It's it's a hard. It's hard to um when you're when you're doing a gymnastics rating, it's you kind of have to compare it to what you would have given the other ones, right? You can't just say, like, I think it's a good card relative to like maybe uh some of the other cards this year. But comparing to other MSGs, so uh just a quick recap, of course, the very first show UC205, I mean it was making history. Uh, uh, the support had been legalized in the state. You got Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez. I mean, boom, right there. It, there's that's that's immediately a top tier card. In addition to the other star power that was on it, and the undercard there was uh, the prelims. I just say, excuse me, were loaded as well. I mean, if you look at the names on the 205 card compared to the names on Saturday's card, a lot of talented fighters on Saturday. Definitely not many who are you know proven UFC names. Uh, 217 of the return of GSP. 230. Uh, Daniel Cormier, well, that was a pretty strong. You would probably be ranking around here. Daniel Cormier, Derek Lewis. Um, what else have we had? Two forty-four, Masvidal Diaz, BMF, really well built up car. Two sixty-eight, Usman Cumbington rematch, and two eighty-one, uh, uh, Alex Padetta upsetting Israel Adesanya. So um, and Zhang Weili had a tough fight as well. So that's and that's just again just looking at the top fights. They're considerably stronger than this. So, I'll... relative, Mike. This is relative relative to the other MSG cards. This card, if you're watching from very first prelim to, like, uh, to main event, it's, like, maybe a 8.8. 8.8. 8. And before anyone says, I thought, you know, you thought 9 was a minimum for pay-per-view, uh, I'm recalibrating. I, I may have been too generous with my scores. I think my scores have been a little wild. Jed Mishu's Mishulin star system is outstanding, has made me rethink my way of scoring. So we'll go 8.8 if everything goes right. I just don't see a world where even if we get, you know, seven or eight highlight reel finishes and um, a bunch of great back and forth battles that this ends up as like one of the most memorable uh, pay-per-views to come to to
5: MSG. Yeah, I I get both sides of this equation. Because I'm like, I'm like, I'm a like Sean here. It's just, I don't care what the casual audience thinks because they're not going to watch anything unless the biggest stars are on. Anyways, this is, this is a pay-per-view for us. And as Jed Michoud famously has said many times, the UFC is one or two injuries away from putting together a great fight card. And he thinks this is that exact card. So we got Yuri Perhashka versus Alex Pereira. Sean, this is the fight of fights for you. I know how excited you are for this. There's just so much statistical like anomaly going on here because you have Yuri Prohashka. This is his fourth UFC fight. His first fight since the glover Teixeira war where he won the belt. Vacated the title after the serious shoulder injury, but Yuri kind of explained that that's not really the case here. And in his fourth UFC fight, could become a two-time light heavyweight champion without actually losing the belt in a fight. And then on the flip side, we have Alex Pereira, who is a two-division glory champion. This is his seventh UFC fight. just his 11th pro MMA fight. Could become a two-division UFC champion, which is just absolutely ridiculous. The quickest any fighter would have ever done it. So there's just so much to talk about here, Shaheen. This fight's going to be absolute chaos. And what's so great about this new main event compared to Jon Jones Stipe, I kind of feel like this is as unpredictable as we can get here.
3: You said it. You said it, Mike. I, I I hate to repeat myself, but this fight is everything to me. Just because it it imbi- like the the possibilities of this fight are what make it so fun, right? Like both of these dudes. Are, are two of the most unpredictable men in the entire UFC. And you, you throw them together and it's like, you could have this fight 20 different times. And I feel like it looks completely different 20 different times just because they're both wild men, dude. And, and ultimately, like at its core, that's what this is about, right? Like we can sit here and say we love, uh, you know, technicians. We can sit here and say we love the wrestling and, all, and the ground and pound and all everything that goes into the sport that we love and watch. But ultimately, you get two wild men out there. That's it for me. That is Nirvana. That that is Fight Game Nirvana, and that's what this is. I am so I'm so excited for what this could look like. It is so weird to see Alex Pereira not as this gigantic man in there. You look at Yuri, like Yuri's actually a little bigger than him, which is like it's almost startling to see. We just haven't seen somebody able you know, to physical like match Alex in that sort of physicality. Uh, I just I, I love it, man, and, and also like. If, if people are probably sleeping on Yuri because they they haven't seen him in a while and the short term memory of all this, but the last time we saw Yuri Berhaska, the dude put together the greatest light heavyweight fight in the history of the sport, like full stop. And that's not hyperbole. Like him and Glover was the big, the greatest spectacle I've ever seen at two hundred five pounds. Like you could throw out John Jones versus Gustus in one. Go back and rewatch that fight. Like without like the drama was what made that fight what it was because it was so stunning to see somebody really like be able to match John in some way but just for action for action's sake, second by second, Yuri versus Glover takes the cake for me and it's not even close. And I'm just so excited this man is now back in our lives. It feels like, I don't know, this is the the great rewriting of light heavyweight, like a rewriting the ship of, of sort of this weird division that has been adrift at sea for like a year and a half now. Uh, it, it sort of feels like it in a way, right? Like we've had three vacant title fights in this division since the last time someone has been able to actually have a title defense which is just a very weird place to get to i don't know that this is it just i don't think one fight can fix what how how broken this division fundamentally is right now but it is certainly a, a baby step towards it it's a it's a nice first step and if we can get whoever wins right whoever wins on saturday and sort of the king of this division this division is set up really nicely to have a very entertaining stretch moving forward because both these guys are so so like maniacs. So I just love it, man. I love everything about this. And I just, I, again, I'm almost afraid to talk about it because we still have, as Jose Young says, the fight has not started, right? Like we still have 24 hours for this to get ruined. And I just don't want it to, I'm so, I I can't wait for this.
5: Hey, listen, you you fix chaos by adding more chaos and there may be no more too chaotic men in the UFC than these two gentlemen, whether it's just fight style or just, them breaking the sport in a number of ways like Alex Pereira has. AK, how excited are you for this fight? What sort of intangibles are you looking at here? How unpredictable is this to you? Yeah, 10 out of
6: 10, man. It's uh I I have a pretty clear idea in my mind of who's going to win. We'll get to the predictions there. So, I won't say it's completely unpredictable. I think I'm a little more uh torn on the co-main, but yeah, listen, this is this is uh a this is a pretty um even matchup i mean i think you know a year ago maybe not a year ago maybe two, whatever 60 uh, 18 months ago you know the thought of yuri and alex Padetta, i think we would have favored Yuri pretty strongly right I, I mean he just has the much longer mma pedigree and you know we weren't 100 sure if uh, alex Padetta was gonna be that dude uh, in mma there was there was reason for optimism there was of course reason to believe that uh he could beat a champion israel adesanya which he eventually did um but, you know, Yuri was reasonably in higher esteem among the MA community. Now, yeah, it really feels like this is pretty close to a toss-up. Uh, I- I'm thinking about the intangibles now. I'm thinking about if we see some uh, grappling from, you know, Yuri Prahash, Because we know, listen, he he knows how to mix the martial arts. And we know Alex Padet has gotten better in- at that as well, right? So we're all anticipating kind of a tactical stand-up battle with some, you know, really nice... Uh, Like explosive flurries and and and, you know uh, cool exchanges, but there could be there could be some some wrestling involved, and and that would be interesting to me. That interesting to see if uh, we see something from from Yuri. I mean, he won the title via submission, right? I mean, now now saying that he just utilized wrestling in that absolutely chaotic mad fight uh, would not be accurate. But we know the guy can grapple. There's there's some uh, there's some skill there. So I really am not entirely sure what to expect, even though I have a winner in mind. Uh, the way I'm imagining it playing out is believable, but also one of like a dozen different reasonable scenarios that you could present to me. And I would like nod my head and be like, yeah, that makes sense. You're you're looking at this the right way. So um, for all of these reasons, I'm very, very excited because I just I just hope we get a winner because the, the, I've also considered the possibility that these two both thro- throw flying head kicks and knock each other out. And the light heavyweight title just stays stays out of someone's grasp again. The way this has been going, the way this year has been going, uh, the way the light heavyweight title picture has shaken out, I even that, I think, would not shock anyone at this point.
5: Hey, listen, if that happens, the timing would be perfect. That means these two get to fight again before Jamal Hill comes back. Like, this is great. That would be actually a really great outcome here. As far as outcomes go, Sean, because we talked about this a little bit on BTL. I want to get your take on it. Whoever wins and whoever loses, it is super interesting because whoever becomes the champion obviously moves on and is going to try to cement their place in this division. But whoever loses this fight, like trying to figure out what could be next for either Alex Pereira or Yuri Prahashka is another fascinating conversation within itself. So what do you think is the more interesting scenario here? Alex Pereira making history and continuing to break the UFC as we know it, or Yuri being the wild man, Y'all must have forgot moments to spin out for so long. What's the more interesting road for the UFC light heavyweight championship picture? A Yuri win or an Alex win?
3: That is a good question that I had not truly considered until you it came out of your mouth. I mean, my gut instinct in this question is to say Alex winning, right? Because Alex almost has like like, I don't know the izzy loss maybe took a little bit off this but there's it has always felt like there's a little bit of like a mystical quality to alex pereira's ufc run right like we have we have been amazed so many different times throughout the course of this man's ufc career at the speed with which he's done it I, i said you know in the past that he is speed running his way to a hall of fame career and that really is what's happening right now like if he wins on saturday if he wins tomorrow He's a, he's a surefire Hall of Famer in seven UFC fights, two division champion, just that, the names that would be on his resume. Like that is, you're putting that guy in the Hall of Fame the moment he retires. That's crazy to me. And so, my again, my knee jerk would be to say the most interesting outcome for this is Alex winning, because then you open up a couple doors that maybe Yuri winning wouldn't, right? You open up the potential of Izzy moving up to light heavyweight, and, and we're getting the trilogy there at a different, at a different weight class with Alex. Uh, also, just, you know, Alex is, is a little bit older than Yuri. It feels like he sort of has a li- less time left to be able to maximize this. So it would be interesting to see him sort of be the king of the second division and see how long he can carry that forward as well. But man, we're in a good spot either way, right? Because you just painted it. You just painted the picture. I mean, we know what's probably happening next is, is Jamal Hill is going to get a shot at some point over the next year, whenever he can come back. We have Johnny Walker versus and Kalaev, pr- presumably running that back as well that's sort of the next in line as well uh and, and and we got you know alexander rakic coming back early next year we have jan, jan blackowicz still out there very close fight with alex the first time i mean there's a lot of really good options in this 205 pound division we just need to get it going again we just need to get it moving again and this is finally what we're doing because it's it's, it's so frustrating and weird when these divisions are stuck in stasis for so long and it's been too long for 205. Like it is, it's way past too long. We need to just get this moving. And it'll, I think, feel like this division will just feel better when we sort of have a sense of, of where the momentum is headed rather than this this weird place we've been stuck in. What do you think, AK? Do you agree that Pereira
5: is the more intriguing champion here, or do you think it's Yuri?
6: I almost don't want to speak into existence because, and I know I'm a nerd about this, and this isn't everyone's top concern, but I have not been able to stop thinking about what a Pereta win would do to our poor, poor rankings, which have already <laughs> been put, th- that have been put through the ringer in 2023. Let me tell you, uh, the, uh, well, when, I mean, before 2023, when when Pereta beat Izzy the first time, we were like, man, what the hell did we do? Izzy was in our top five pound for pound, has the more comprehensive MA resume, does he just get Izzy's spot? How Or how far do you bump down Izzy? Does Izzy hold on to his spot based on what we know? And then it kind of got correct, kind of corrected when Izzy beat him in the rematch. Um, then the Sean Strickland thing happens. All this other stuff happens. Again, people, <laughs> if you have time, go look at our, our pound-for-pound rankings. And I'm sure immediately you'll go like, why the hell is this guy here? Why the hell is this guy there? This is the discussion we have internally and amongst each other literally every time we have to do the pound-for-pound rankings. They make – they've barely made sense in the best of times and these days they are just completely uh out to lunch they're totally drunk and we have discussed rebooting them uh at the start of 2024 so look forward to that and if we do and Alex Pereira is a two-division champion I don't know how high he could go I really don't I think he's in our top 10 right now I think he's if he's a light heavyweight title going into January he has to be like top five which is crazy because we're talking about a guy who has after after this weekend will have 11 pro MMO, MMA fights. You you can give him credit, you know, uh overall as an athlete for his kickboxing stuff, but that shouldn't, you know, contribute to his MMA, his MMA career. But his MMA career in the UFC has been ridiculously strong and impressive. Um so part of me is welcoming that is welcoming that uh, that insanity because uh if if Yuri wins everything's pretty much normal. We've had Yuri at number 1 since uh even since he vacated the title we said well look he's going to come back eventually what he's going to fight the winner then that'll that'll decide it right he'll fight the winner and, and if he loses he loses the spot otherwise uh otherwise he holds on to it so we're okay there if you same thing with P- he beats Pereira Yeri's still number one all good we carry on with our day but uh boy Pereira could, ch- could completely change up the like heavyweight rankings completely change up the pound-for-pound rankings and I just had this hilarious thought of like John Jones, during his time off, deciding, you know what? I'm going back down to light heavyweight. I, I can't stand these guys saying that they're fighting for the... I, I can't stand this mess of light heavyweight. I know I could beat all these guys. I could beat Jamal Hill. I could beat Yuri. I could beat Alex Peter, I could beat Yon. All these guys, if I just came down and did it. He's probably above that now. Like I said, he seems, he seems pretty happy uh, being a heavyweight. But uh, <laughs> I just don't know if this division is going to settle down properly anytime soon.
5: Well... The beauty of this fight, along with the co-main event, we're going to talk about in a matter of moments. Pretty much a pick them from the betting perspective. We got Alex Pereira, the slight favorite, minus 122. The comeback on Yuri Prahashka, plus 102. I mean, we could break this thing down from a tactical standpoint, but we have no idea what the hell is actually going to happen tomorrow night in Madison Square Garden. So, Shaheen, tough to make a pick here, considering what we just talked about, the unpredictable nature of this fight. But who do you think leaves MSG
3: as the champ tomorrow? Oh man, don't make me do it. Don't make me this is like picking between my children right now. I can't I I do I've gone back and forth on this all week. I think if you caught me an hour ago, I'd probably give you a different answer than I would give you right now. Right now, the the sense within me is that this is a 51-49 style fight, 51 in favor of Yuri. Uh, I think if they run it back 20 times, maybe he wins 11 of them. Uh, This is such an evenly matched fight. This is so competitive with their matching skill sets. And again, just the unpredictability. I can't wait for it. But I just get the sense that we are going to see an absolute war. Uh, Alex Pereira, the damage that he has taken over the course of the Izzy contests is maybe a little bit alarming. Obviously, he had a lot of damage in his past as well as a two-division glory champion, glory hall of famer as well. That's maybe a little alarming once you start to get to age 36, 37 in these, in these heavier divisions. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I'm I, the gut, My gut tells me to lean Yeri and that we end up with one of the top five fights of the year. I'd say third round stoppage, but I don't feel confident at all about it. And I wouldn't be surprised the other way.
5: Okay, I'm not sure if you have a wager on double knockout here. I don't know if there's a prop for that, but you got to make a pick here. And if you're picking a yeah, double knockout, I respect the hell out of
6: it. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's the that that should be like minus 250 at this point, again, given the light heavyweight, <laughs> the way the world is right now with that, that that in that division. Uh, no, no, I, I, I'm picking Alex Padera. I am um, just a little alarmed with how much, uh, how much here he can get hit in some of these matchups. You know, as great as he's looked, he got hit in the Dominic Reyes matchup. Of course, he got hit a bunch in the Glover to share matchup. That's pure chaos. And he has a great chin. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but that death touch of Alex Pereira is not something that you want to mess around with, right? So if it comes down to it, if it comes down to, you know, who who's going to who's, who do more damage, who's going to land the bigger bomb, who's going to land the, the kill shot, I'm going to go with Pereira. Um, Yuri got no stranger to finishes either. I mean, again, he hasn't lost a fight in, what, 10 years or, or he lost the one fight and he avenged it. He's on a ridiculous run. Uh, and he and he finished people too. He finished people from, from unorthodox angles. People uh, we'll always call his style kind of weird, but you know, there's a lot there that's fundamentally. Str- you can't be the kind of weird unorthodox fighter that he is without without having an extremely uh, solid fundamental base, right? So that's what's so great about him. But but I do think there, are, there at some point Pedra going to land. I think there's going to be exchanges in here. And while with Pedra it can be a coin toss, I mean, we, we saw what happened in the second Izzy fight. I, I think he can take Prashka out. And because I firmly believe that, I'm going to go uh, put it by second round knockout.
5: <sighs> this is so tough. I actually, like, uh, you know, because of the watch party, you do the, the DraftKings thing with GC. And I don't want GC to sit in that studio and feel the pressure of betting on fights by himself. So I... At way less than he does. Uh, I do have a bet on Alex Pereira. Uh, I got him at minus 122. Pretty much for the same reasons AK said. Like, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I feel like Yuri does have some defensive deficiencies. He does leave that chin w- right up in the air to get cracked, but it has served him well. He's also been knocked out in, in some of these fights, like brutally KO'd by leaving that chin open. So Alex really just needs one shot to change the entire... Aspect of the fight and and yuri does too and he's gonna do things a little bit crazier than alex could but i think 25 minutes you're giving alex an opportunity to land on that exposed chin at some point i kind of feel like he's gonna find the button at some point so the bet is alex Pereira and minus 122 i do think he gets a finish and i don't even care who wins i just want to watch this these two dudes fight and it's gonna be incredible we're going to be the winners we are going to be the winners the hardcore fans they're going to be watching this event this is for us and this fight's going to absolutely rule much like a hold really great I just want,
3: one last thing i want to throw in because we didn't we didn't mention it i think it's important to just hearing your guys's breakdown of this yuri's durability for me is one of the biggest keys to this fight because we've seen that man take some absolute demons of shots in the UFC, in Ryzen, et cetera. And he has lived through most of them, if not all of them, right? Like he, his durability is probably one of the best in the entire division. And you're right, Alex, with the death touch, that, that again is why this is so so just fascinating to me. Is you, You're pulling that death touch up against a guy who can seemingly just eat nuclear bombs like their breakfast. I'm so interested in just seeing that. Because you're right, Alex might just spark him out in one, or you might just take that best shot and keep coming in a way we haven't really seen anybody do with Alex. And, and that's very much on the table, right?
5: Yeah, I know it was eight years ago, but I've been seeing on Twitter the King Mo knockout of, uh, against Yuri, and it's nasty, dude. It, it is a nasty KO. So the fight's going to be incredible. Like If it goes 25 minutes, it's going to be like the fight of the century, and I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it for however many seconds or minutes or rounds that it lasts. It's going to be incredible, and hopefully, hopefully, someone is wearing the UFC light heavyweight title at the end of the night. <laughs> Let's go to the co-main event. Uh Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall. Now, again, no Jones Miocic, but I got to say the UFC did the best they could here. This is as good as you can do on such short notice. You have two guys who probably were lining up to fight each other anyways, interim title or not. This fight makes a lot of sense. It is on short notice. If I could have my druthers, it'd be both guys on full training camps, but both guys seem ready to go. And it is going to be a very fascinating matchup. So, AK, what are you looking for here? 12 days notice. We put these two guys together to be the second title fight. What are we looking at here for this interim heavyweight title fight?
6: Man, I love this fight. I mean, this, this to me is even more of a toss-up than, than the main event. It's it's a fight that we thought we'd see a little further down the line. It's one that has been mentioned multiple times on our matchmaking show. On to the next one, Mike. And I think I – think Again, depending when it was was asked for, I think we've had varying levels of enthusiasm. Um, I'm very much a, you know, I like to protect contenders, but I also, at some point, if they're not getting that title shot, I, like if, if it's not in the cards for both guys, I need to see them uh, thrown together. So this is almost kind of the best of both worlds because we are getting an interim belt on the line. Hopefully this means both guys are getting, uh, you know, that, that title fight pay uh, for this uh, big Madison Square Garden show. I don't know if that's guaranteed, but again, Fingers crossed! I hope that's the case. They deserve it um, because I'm sure both heavyweights would prefer to have this with a little more preparation. But they've been in each other's sights for a while. They knew this day would come eventually. Maybe one of them thought that they would be the champion defending against the other. That's not the case. Uh, instead, we've got we've got fresh gold up for grabs. And stylistically, I think it's just a it's really it's really cool to look at. You have two guys who are. I mean, you would call them young heavyweights. Sergey is 31, Tom Aspinall, 29. Again, at heavyweight, that's like being a teenager. Um, both guys could have very, very, very long, fruitful careers ahead of them. Athletically, I think they're both upper tier. Jed and I always talk about athleticism. I mean, being a cheat code in MMA in general, but especially at heavyweight, if you've got plus athleticism, uh, it can take you a long way. And these guys have the skills on top of that, which is what we've seen with Sergei um, going on this very impressive run since a, a debut loss to Alistair Overeem. No shame in that. He's such a huge experience gap. Now since then, he's looked like a beast. Tom Aspinall mixing the martial arts a little bit more than Sergey. in his fights. Um, again, another guy who, you you know, you, we put up, I don't know if I'd put either guy in the Cedal Gone range, but you look at Tom move, man, this guy looks like a welterweight in there. looks like a welterweight or, or particularly like um, coordinated middleweight. And I, and I totally mean that as a compliment. Like it is just impressive the things that this guy can do at his size, uh plus both guys have that finishing instinct which we love to see in contenders which some guys uh maybe could use more of (laughs) johnson almeida um but uh you know we all have our off nights so uh this one i don't think it's gonna go the distance i think it might go longer than people expect that's how i'll uh, phrase my answer for now until we get to our predictions
5: longer than people expect all right Mm. John's a good one. Much more competitive in a lot of people's eyes than Jones Miocic is going to be. This is sort of the next generation of the heavyweight division and they're going to pair off and get after it. So biggest question you have about this fight. Is it the short notice nature? Is it the quickness of Aspinall against the power of Pavlovich? Is it the striking of Pavlovich versus the incredible ground game of Tommy Aspinall? What's the biggest question you got?
3: My biggest question is for AK, longer than people expect. I think people expect this to last 50 seconds. How long is longer than people expect? Definitely
6: longer than that. Definitely longer than that. I think it'll go more. I, I think I'm going I'm going over around. I'm taking the over on, I don't know, over half, over oh. 0.5, whatever that is. Yeah.
3: Okay. Okay. So I'm not be-
6: guys- I'm not officially betting. I'm not officially betting, I should say. But if the whatever the point five is, I would go
3: over. So two guys who never get out of the first round, both getting out of the first round, basically for the first time in the UFC career, more or less. Tom's done it once, I think, right? Um, yeah, man. I mean, what's my biggest question? My biggest question is just, is this, is our, like, I don't know how to frame this in the terms of a question, but like this is the future of the heavyweight division and it's happening sooner than we expected, right? Like this this matchup, it felt like we knew that Tom Aspinall and Sergey Pavlich were going to fight each other for a UFC heavyweight title at some point over the next two years, And we just sort of got it way more prematurely than we all expected. This was sort of the next era. This was going to be the post-Jones era. This was going to be the post-Stipe era. And now they just get a little opportunity here, uh, just almost like in through the back door, right, because of the weird circumstances involving this. My biggest question just altogether in terms of this specific one that we're seeing on Saturday is what, what is Tom Aspinall going to, what kind of shape is Tom Aspinall going to be coming into this? Because I think there's a different, this is a whole different world if you give that guy 12 weeks to prepare for this, eight weeks to prepare for that even. Sergey Pavlovich had been preparing for somebody, right? He was the backup fighter. He was the one ostensibly getting ready, being in shape, just being there in case they needed him. And with a guy like Jones and a guy like Stipe, who were both sort of at the end of their run, you you might be needed and you ended up being needed. So I'm sure he was ready for that opportunity. Tom Aspinall, more or less just pulling the Kamara Usman here coming off of a week's notice, right? Like this is maybe a little bit easier in terms of heavyweight, being able to mitigate that because you're not spending all your time for that whole two weeks, one and a half weeks cutting weight and trying to get your weight right. That's not nearly as big of a deal. So you can probably allocate your resources a little bit better in terms of your time and your training and what you're able to do within that short window that you have. So Tom has been able to do that. Certainly, Uh, but I mean, obviously we're getting a Tom Aspinall on short notice going against a guy who has had time to prepare that to me is a very big factor in this, but also man, I mean, Sergey Pavlovich, like I, it's, it's, it's weird to me, like how much he has almost slept on, um, just within the community, just within the sport, within the fan base, the hardcore, casual, everybody, just in terms of, there's not a lot of dialogue around Sergey Pavlovich, right? Other than the fact that, Hey, yeah, he's big, he's scary and he knocks dudes out. That's kind of it. And yet he is almost like the Francis Ngannou replacement in this division if the UFC has one. I don't know that obviously the UFC doesn't have a Francis. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare him, say he's apples to apples to Francis. But he is the closest thing they have left of just that titanic, titanic behemoth heavyweight knockout artist who gets everybody out here in a minute or two with some ridiculous heavy punching. Like that is sort of the role that this man now fills. And I don't know, man, it's it's been, it seemed to be unbeatable so far in the UFC unless you go all the way back to the very beginning when he fought uh, Alistair Overeem like several, several, several years ago. And, and that was a very different version of him than the one we get now. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I think this is a great matchup. It's unfortunate the way that it sort of came about. But again, I think ultimately the way this heavyweight division is shaped up, obviously we're going to get Jones and Stipe at some point in 2024. And then I would assume both those dudes are just going to retire, and whoever wins this will actually be the heavyweight champion. It'll be a Robert Whitaker type of situation when Bisbing and GSP were doing their thing. So altogether, I mean, this is the best the UFC could do with this situation, and I don't mind sort of sort of speed running these guys into this spot, no, or at least Aspinall into a way that maybe we weren't ready for him to be here. But you know, that man has proven us uh, time and time again that he is one of the big fish in this division. So I'm ready to see it.
5: We'll get into the predictions in a moment. By the way, AK, I'll have you know, over a half a round, minus 320. Minus 320, AK. Um, yeah, so
6: it's not like, so it's not okay. out of the
5: realm of plus, people are are feeling it. But over one and a half rounds is plus 160. So uh, give me something a little bit to think about there. You mentioned something, Shaheen. You mentioned John Jones and Steep Bay. Do you feel that there's any chance? That if John beats Stipe, especially after the long delay. Now, if you ask, if not at all. You don't think John would fight. If Tom Aspinall wins this fight, gets the heroes' welcome. Hold on, let me paint the picture for you. Let's just say, let's just say the UFC heads back to London, maybe in April, before John fights Stipe. Tom fights maybe Cyril Gunn or somebody else, and he has a star-making moment where he just goes bananas, almost like Stipe in Cleveland, just this massive moment for him. You don't think John will see some dollar signs there? You think there's no chance he fights either of these guys, even Tom, if he
3: gets over big? I don't think John needs money. I don't think John cares. I think John's set. I think John's going for legacy at this point. And and as much as we, as much as for us, John beating Tom Aspinall would be a big legacy boost. I don't think for the greater MMA space that that really holds true. Right, John going up to heavyweight beating the the next the new hotness in Cyril Gone, or at least that's how he was being propped up at that time and then beating the guy that we kind of all consider the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time will be enough for him to get that legacy bump even though you know the history books won't ever say the Stipe he beat was like a 41 42 year old Stipe. Like That's not going to that's not gonna matter. It's just going to be the name on the resume, and that is solely, it seems like, what John is in it for, to be like looked at as this all-time two-division champ. And I don't know that I would consider him that if he goes in there and beats Stipe. That was a conversation we would have been having all week of like, what does this actually mean if that fight was still here, just because Stipe is so old at this point. But again, I don't think John gives a shit what me and you are having conversations about. I think he just cares about having that name, that legendary Mount Rushmore type of name on his resume, and Tom Aspinall is not that.
5: Yeah, I don't think if, like if Pavlovich goes out there and just ices Aspinall, like, I don't think John's fighting Sergei. I, I just don't think the risk-reward plays out in his favor. But Aspinall's got something. He's on the cusp of something big here, AK. If he goes out and wins at MSG and gets a big reaction and then goes and defends in London and gets a pop. And by the way, no one has gotten John's attention in this division at all. Except for Tom Aspinall, he's the only one that John has responded to throughout this entire run. Anything Sergey Pavlovich has done, Colin O. Jones, he has not. He's just crickets to him. But Tom Aspinall, after the London win over Sergey, uh, over uh, Marchie Tybora, that somehow got John's attention. AK. So, same question for you: Is there any way, especially if Tom wins, that he could entice John to come back for one more after the Bay fight?
6: yeah it's definitely possible it's definitely possible um I, I agree with shaheen that john has stipe in his sights the name just makes a lot of sense the uh stipe the you know ufc's touted heavyweight goat most tile defenses and uh jones a guy who's, who wants to be the goat you know claim he's the goat in two divisions that's really i guess in his mind the quickest path to get there though it would really hurt me if uh any portion of fans said um that john beating silo gone and stipe made him like a top five heavyweight like i don't even know if i put him in the top five it's just absurd um so i think uh yeah as much as he wants that fight it it, it is gonna lose its luster as time goes by um it, it may never lose so much luster that it's worth less than again a, a win over us Asp- but espinal or a win over sergey Pavlovich or whoever jilton almeida um in the eyes of the more casual fan but i part of me thinks that um John is aware of, uh, at least to himself, that beating forty-two. How old will Bay be? It, probably when they get in the game, forty-two or something. Or am I even older? Right? Oh, sorry, guys. Excuse my typing. I got to look this up real quick. He'll be forty-two. Yeah, pro- probably by the time they they actually fight. 42 yeah, he, without,
3: he, they'll probably fight before August, so he'll probably still be 42. Okay,
6: and and uh, close to forty-two, and not having fought in three years. Uh, not that John cares about that. He went through his own bout of inactivity. You certainly won't see him, um, diminish his own uh, accomplishments because of a a hiatus, but it it will mean less. I think if, and especially if John is ready to compete sooner, um, it won't, he doesn't need the money, but I think there will be some appeal to knocking off one of these young gunners, you know, especially if there's enough. Of a chatter enough swell that like Aspinall's number one, uh, Lord knows me in the fake news media. I will be doing my best to make make that fight happen because I will probably uh, vote whoever wins on Saturday as my number one heavyweight, um, and I'll drop John gradually the longer he's out. So uh, John, get well soon so <laughs> you can get back in there. And um, so yes, I, I I I will certainly be doing my part to try and make that fight happen. So this is this is maybe me manifesting something as opposed to really you know, knowing John Jones's thought process and believing that it could happen. But if he wants to get in there before uh, it if he's healthy and, again, you just never know with I guess he's waiting for John Jones too, but it took so long to make that fight happen. I, I just feel like there's weird things that could happen to push it back even further. And if John doesn't want to wait, I think he's got to get another heavyweight fight in there. So it's it's possible. It's remote, but it's possible.
5: Well, much like the main event, this uh, this is a very close fight, nearly a pick actually cl- It's actually closer. Minus 118 for Tom Aspinall coming in on short notice. Hmm. Sergey Pavlov 102. So it's basically a coin flip. Aspinall is like a smidge higher uh, as the favorite here. Again, unpredictability, Sean, who walks out of MSG, the interim heavyweight champion of the world, perhaps soon to be elevated to the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world.
3: I have a question. I I don't even know if it's a question for you fellas because I don't know that any of us are so deep into gambling that we would know this. Maybe the comment section. Is this the most closely matched, like well matched, one-two punch on a UFC pay-per-view in the last like several years? Like, because both right. these fights are essentially pickums, and I can't remember another situation where we've had two big fights with that sort of being the equation, right? We
5: need to call Jose. He probably knows That's this. A Jose, team, question, team. Jose, if you're watching, slack us. That's
3: it. Yeah, if any, if That's any of you sharps out there in the comments know too, let us know because I know you guys know everything. Uh, I'm going to go for this one, Sergey Pavlovich. To me, I think the 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 weight or not the weight, the the short time span that Thomas had to prepare for this will have some level of an effect. I mean, Sergey Pavlovich was getting ready for a fight ostensibly and that, that is a leg up on what Tom was doing. Um, Also, I just think Sergey Pavlovich a little more advanced in this division than Tom. I I don't know that Tom was quite ready for this opportunity yet. Uh, I could certainly be proved wrong. I've been proven wrong plenty of times in the past, but for me, this feels like a Sergey Pavlovich first round knockout. AK, where are we at here? It's, Funny that you guys kept mentioning A
6: because I, th- I feel like, man, they're queuing me up for this prediction. So one, and, and also the we mentioned the um, Sergei pavlovich France, and Ganu comparisons. There is a chance, there is a chance, and I guess this is why I'm feeling that over, that over half, over one and a half. Because there's a chance it resembles the first uh, Stipe and Ganu fight. Not to say that Tom Aspinall has the same wrestling style as Stipe. He doesn't. It's a different grappling style. It's not the same thing. It's not to say that um, Sergey's takedown defense is as poor as Francis was when he first watched Stipe. Uh, it isn't. But there is some similarities there, I think, in our minds as far as like what is the best strategy for Tom Aspinall. He probably does not want to stand and slug with Sergey. So we're going to see some wrestling. I, I really firmly believe we're going to see some wrestling. Um Aspinall has hands for sure. A lot, a lot of those first-round knockouts we're talking about, they did happen on the feet. It's not just him taking people down, grounding and panning, like that. He has hands. But Sergey has a huge reach advantage. Uh, just it feels like a power advantage. Again, hard to tell because both guys are great finishers. But I would definitely, just based on the eye test, lean towards Sergei. Um, so it feels like there's going to be some mixing in the martial arts from Tom. And if that's the case, he's going to be. we're going to some some takedowns. We're going to see a lot of takedowns. And if he can't finish in the ground, the fight is going to stretch out a bit. And that is your best bet. If you are feeling frisky and are like, I'm throwing money on a you know because I'm sure you're getting plus for a decision. That's your best bet, is that he it resembles uh, Miocic and Ganu 1. Just some great wrestling from astronaut very timely wrestling. Um, doing enough to hold him down, doing enough ground and pound to keep from being stood up, but you know, not not quite being able to to, to put uh Sergei Pavlovich away. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Um, for me though, I'm I just can't take it that far. I do think Aspinall will have moments in the first two rounds. I think we will see takedowns. I think we'll have to see Sergey working his way back up. And I think in round three, though, uh, Sergey is going to catch him. So I'm going – I'm also picking Pavlovich. I'm going by knockout in round three. After two, like, rounds where we feel like Aspinall might be, you know, tilting things in his favor, I think that uh, that power of Sergei is going to come out and, uh, and end things real
5: quick. I mean, I, I expect uh, the song to be sung. Ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Aspinall, Aspinall, mm. Tommy Aspinall, na 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 na. I just, I have questions about both guys, and this is incredibly unpredictable, and nothing really would surprise me, other than this fight, like getting to the championship rounds. That would surprise me. Of all the things of these two title fights, this fight in particular going to like round four and five would be stunning to me. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like Tom is saying the right things, and shout out to. Petey Carroll, who was was once part of the crew here, he's got a relationship with Tom's dad. And he recently did an interview with Tom and he was talking about it somewhere I heard it. And he basically said like the first thing Tom's dad taught Tom about martial arts when he made the choice to jump into coaching was basically for the first couple of years of the martial arts journey, was just basically teaching Tom Aspinall like, hey, just don't get hit. Just do everything in your power to not get hit play defense, don't get hit, do everything in your power. And I feel like, I don't know, the vibes after hearing that story, this is like a full circle of the fight from the beginning of the martial arts journey to becoming a UFC champion. Like, this just feels like it's in the stars for Tom. I also, I think the biggest question I have in this entire fight is what happens if this fight gets to the mat? I almost feel like Tom just needs to go in there, like use the quickness on the feet, but then just tackle this dude. We haven't seen Sergei Pavlovich really battle on the ground since the Alistair Overeem fight, and we saw what happened there. I know that was a long time ago, and people love to mention that, but we have not had that question answered since because Pavlovich is going out there and just crushing dudes in under a minute. So we really haven't seen what Pavlovich can do off of his back. So when this fight hits the mat, and I do think it's going to hit the mat at some point, how is Pavlovich going to react? Does he sprawl like Francis did to Stipe in their second fight where you just kind of knew in that moment that something really bad's going to happen to Stipe? Can he get back up? I don't know. I just have a million questions about this fight, but that's the biggest one I have. What happens if this fight hits the mat? Until I actually see something, I feel like Tom has a real path to victory here if he takes this thing down. So I have Tom Aspinall uh, as, as a bet at minus 118, and I have Tom Aspinall by submission at plus 350. But again unpredictability who the hell knows i don't care it's gonna be fun for 30 seconds or however long this fight lasts so god bless all of us who get to watch this fight because it's going to be incredible
6: i just want to say uh oh man tommy tommy aspinall by decision plus 1400 don't bet on mma don't bet on mma i'm just saying plus
3: plus fourteen (laughs) hundred. am i on an island all alone on both these fights with us three I like it i oh, know I'm, pick, I'm picking i'm picking Pavlovich. but I, I, I'm, God, head. Head. I'm just i'm oh, just okay. giving okay.
6: people like why i think it'll go over and if it and how it will do it like if 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 aspanol really is able to just control with wrestling i don't know if he'll be able to finish but he might again he might uh stipe Anganu. won him that 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 is in the realm of possibility unlikely unlikely but again i don't know i would love to know what the miocic uh by decision odds were for over Anganu in their uh, their first fight so probably probably not plus 1400 but probably up there
3: that's th- yeah. this is part of the reason why that Curtis Blades fight is so frustrating the way that it went. Where it's just like, Curtis, I wish you had tried to wrestle, man. Cause I would love to see this, <laughs> right? Like, I would love to see if Sergey has some wrestling defense. We just, what are you, what are, what are you doing there, Curtis Blades? Why are you trying to strike with that man?
5: I think Tom, like, gets the assignment. I think he gets it. Just like, let's just get this dude to the ground and not Definitely, get punched yeah. by him. But. Easier said than done. We also got Mackenzie Dern, Jessica Andrade on this on this as the featured bout. Very important fight, especially for Mackenzie Dern. And Jessica Andrade, man, the way she started the year to where she could end the year, just wild how the, the swings of the sport can work. We got Vol Benoit Santini, which isn't going to be a friggin' battle. We got Diego Lopez versus Pat Sabatini. I basically am describing this fight as a old-school cartoon fight where you're just going to see two dudes tangle up you're going to see rolling around, and you're just going to see a bunch of dust flying because that's what this is going to be, it's just a bunch of scrambles on the ground. And then we got some interesting prelims, but I mean, there's really no low-key banger here. Like Benoit Santini, Matt Favol is not a low-key banger. That's basically the fight everyone's knows is going to deliver here. So I don't know, unless you guys have one that's just buried on there that you're super excited about because I just think they're all competitive, intriguing, and they're just going to be fun.
3: You don't think for for and Saint Denis counts? I feel like that counts. I, I feel like most fans, like except for the most hardcore fans, could not pick Saint Denis out of a lineup yet.
5: But I feel like outside of these top two fights, this is the one everybody's talking about, even more so than the Darren Andrade fight. It's like, all right, we get two title that's fights, probably, and we get we get BSD for Vola. Like that's what everyone's kind of looking at the top here. Like we're getting these three fights.
3: That's fair, but that's also probably just speaks to card quality more than anything else. Yeah,
5: but we don't care about that. This is for
3: us. This, this is, is for us. Mike. This is for us. This is for us.
5: I'll I'll throw
6: out the Jared Gordon, uh, the Jared Gordon, Mark Madsen fight. I, I don't know if it's going to be the most like visually appealing fight, but I just, I feel like Jared Gordon has been close to having a moment. Um, you know, it, it, it was supposed to be Patty Pimblett, right? That's the fight that was so close, easily could have gone his way. That was supposed to be his moment, and, and since then, and then the unfortunate clash of heads with Bobby Green. Um, but now he's He's from New York, I believe, right? He's a, he's a New Yorker, um, yeah. This 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 is could be a really big moment for him if he beats Mark Madsen. Uh, Madsen has been solid in the UFC. You know, he came in with that great uh, Olympic wrestling pedigree. This is the right matchup, I feel like, for both guys. And I'm not saying Jared Gordon beats him and actually goes in a run to a title, but... He's been like regarded this talented guy for so long and I don't feel like the window is closed on him just yet so i I, I want to see if he puts on has a, if he puts on an impressive performance against uh, Mark Matson has the crowd roaring behind him and just and either comes out with a knockout or like a really convincing decision um he might be one of the guys we're talking about most at the end of the night and of course a guy with a great uh a great personal um personal backstory as well so i, I I'm really interested in that. I think that's when the card. Uh, with respect to some of the fights before that, I think it's when that's when the card's really gonna like really gonna wake up.
5: Yeah. Jared Gordon's grandfather fought on MSG, so nice little family history within the world's most famous arena. Let's bring in the incomparable E. K C Leiden, the baddest stash in MMA.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
5: And let's take a few questions from
3: the peeps.
4: Hi, everybody. It's up, I'm Casey. <laughs> Did you see, uh, I, I, I took some liberties and I jumped into the poll, AK. Okay? Did you see the poll I put up there? Uh-huh. I see it. Oh. So What is I, I was. In,
6: oh, you can read it, AK. Okay? Uh, Will John Jones fight the winner of Pavlovich versus Aspinall. Uh, No, seventy-eight <laughs> percent. Pretty, uh, pretty convincing, I think.
3: We all see what's happening. We all see what's happening.
6: Yeah, yeah.
3: We should
5: ask this question if Tom Aspinall wins tomorrow on the post-fight show. It will see what the what the response
4: is. See, I don't. I'm kind of both ways on this. You, you, you guys are suggesting suggesting he would never fight Sergey, but would he see Sergey as kind of like surreal gone? In the sense, like, oh, there's an easy path to victory.
3: I don't know. I mean, surreal gon's not in the the mold of puncher, right? Like that to me feels like Pavlovich is in that like, you know, uh, Shane Carwin mold that that like Francis Enganu mold. Like, I don't know that we've never seen John fight that type of person. Shane Carwin mold.
4: I think John would destroy. That's what I'm saying.
3: I don't I don't you're you're much more optimistic about John's chances against a a massive powerful man than I would be cuz I John's like advantages have always come through size right like he's always kind of struggled a little bit with guys no no like obviously he has other advantages too but like he's always struggled the most with men who are he's sort not, of his size. he's same not
4: a giant 205er he's not a big 205er people He's people, very
3: tall and incredibly long he has a reach that far extends any other 205er, yeah. and he's much taller than other 205ers. And the only 205ers who sort of matched that reach or at least were competitive with it put up pretty good fights with him, right? Dominic Reyes, Augustus uh, in one. Like, those are sort of his hardest fights at 205, and stature wise, they sort of made sense. I just, that's why it sucks that we never saw John Francis, is because, like, that was always the one big question for me is, like, what would it be like to see John against this just ferocious or, knockout or, or, artist? Well,
4: Francis is afraid to take risk. So we know that
3: <laughs> Oh God.
4: Oh yeah, that's right. That's right.
6: We forgot. We, yeah, right, yeah, you're right. You're that's right.
3: Far. Um, also someone in the comments keeps calling St. Denis, Benoit St. Denis St. Denim. And I don't know if it's <laughs> a, an autocorrect, but I'm very much. Here for to Benoit St. Benoit Denim is a great, has a great. Record.
5: Has to be an autocorrect. Who cares about John Jones searching for the easiest opponent in heavyweight? Well, I mean, this is where he's at right now. Make that money. That's prize fighting. He's a prize fighter yeah. at this point.
6: He
4: won't be uh, my number one heavyweight at the end of the weekend, but uh, yeah. Enjoy but I don't money, think John, John. – that, that's a weird thing because I, I, I know what this uh, comment is trying to say, but then we also go, "Was well, this price fighting? And I'm, I'm big on this is price fighting above anything else, but does that – will that kind of talk – would John feel that talk? Like, oh, well, people know I make the most money, but I'm not taking the tough fight.
5: Not like, anymore. This is like 5 years ago maybe, but not anymore. He's done because, it like cuz we have Jet like, talking, you know, but, but but
4: the whole legacy like he wants to beat the 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 record for heavyweight title of defenses too, you know. Are we going to do you think that I don't think any, he does
3: though. Just get yeah, a paycheck,
4: beat Stipe, get out. Yeah,
3: I yeah. don't think he's I don't think beating the title defense record at heavyweight is as meaningful to him as just getting the name like Stipe on the resume. Again, we call Stipe the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. And if John's like, well, I got a victory over that guy. It's no B-C- one's going to caveat UFC that as like, well. You, at a
4: certain year. Like, yeah, BJ you're, I'm with be you. be the greatest lightweight ever. If you beat BJ Penn now, it's not like you're the greatest lightweight now. That's what I'm like. Do you think? Because it's true. I mean, you beating Stipe now isn't like beating Stipe four years ago or when Francis but, beat
3: him. But you, you we're, we're using Nuance. And no one actually uses nuance. You know that the farther we get from that, say John beats Stipe next year, five years from now, no one's gonna be like, well, it was an old Stipe. They're just gonna say John beat Stipe. That's how yeah, that just, like, just like Anthony
4: Pettis beat Roy
3: Jones Jr. Exactly. Or, <laughs> or more, more you know, more,
6: yeah. Patty Pimblett beating Tony Ferguson. You know, when that happens, I think we're all gonna view that wow. as. Patty Pimble beating one of the greatest lightweights of all time and uh, you know no one will think no one will think twice about it right I think we can I mean, agree on that I don't know is which Pimble, Pimble, Pimble not happen.
5: Patty Pimble working <laughs> with David Goggins I didn't see any
6: Hell Week videos Ooh. of Patty Pimble I asked this on the way by the way I still don't know who David Goggins is
4: I asked this on the way in show I, I when told the comes you closer, he's obviously. a guy that runs a lot I know, and he yells at the guy running next to him with a camera and he goes why aren't you running you jerk that's who David Goggins Okay. Again, this doesn't quite explain...
6: I mean, really, that should be all the explanation I need, but I'm still kind of lost in this whole... David Goggins? David Goggins? Yeah. He's an English He's an English guy, right? Walter. Walter Goggins. Walter... Well, no, Walter Goggins is the actor. <laughs> nice try. Nice
5: try, Shaheen. Good catch. Good catch. Nice try. You're
6: not going to get me with that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. All right, um, and last thing I'll say about Stipe, not only is it the legacy fight, but... And this may not make sense, to everybody, but it is damn true. Outside of John Stipe is the biggest star in this division, and he still hasn't and he hasn't fought in three years. He's still the biggest the biggest name in this division outside of John right now. Right now, that could change, U-
3: right now, in the UFC division, I'll give you. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, Francis mm-hmm. And we're talking about yeah. realistic fights oh, yeah. right now. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm so conflicted on this whole John Jones Stipe thing.
3: Yeah. Do you th- is, hold on now? Now I'm thinking about it. Is Stipe a bigger star than Derek Lewis? Yes. I don't. Is know. he though? Is he though? He is- because I don't think he is. Like popularity wise, I think people. I think he's generally looked as a better fighter, and so people are used to seeing him headline in big fights. But I don't know that everyone's like, oh man, I can't wait to see that Stipe fight in the same way they are for Derek Lewis. If I went, is, if it, I went, if I went to
5: the grocery store right now, and I said, and I asked a hundred people who Stepe was, and then I asked that's those same hundred people who Derek Lewis was, I guarantee you more people know who Stepe is. But, I bet but, you, you know. I bet on, you the yeah, same on, number of people.
3: On. I bet you the same number of people know. Who I don't think are. so. No, I,
6: but here's the thing. But my best friend, I will say this though: if you ask them, do you know the ball, The my balls is hot guy is. It would be like 100 out of 100 would know who that is and or not 100 but more i think more people would know the ball oh the balls is 100. hot guy so that might not be a great endorsement for Derek lewis but i do think more people know the balls is hot guy i have a lot of casual May fans uh friends who like know yeah. the balls is hot guy don't know his name at all <laughs> just know him as that guy and May, a little more in the steve a, but
3: yeah i just don't think steve Bay star power is where we're putting it but 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 yeah, i, I will say steve Stipe, steve they're is just, an easy they just player. a fun dude
5: yeah, Stebe's and, and lineage and is still over, man. Like he still yeah. is over people. Like when A says things, it, it isn't much, but people still somehow care what he says, even though it's one sentence and not all that compelling.
6: And and I think just importantly, you can always sell him to someone who doesn't know MMA by just you, he has UFC champion for his name, right? That that is something that will always give him well, just a little well, bit more him. cachet. Yeah.
3: He's definitely seen as a, a better fighter because he is. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know that that equates to star power. But I don't know. I feel like we're getting derailed. Yeah, neither guy's like a household name, I wouldn't say. One guy's definitely been gone more viral, but um, I think being a UFC champion, like again, it's just casually, like, oh, UFC champion, this guy, whatever, whatever. It's like, okay, sure. Even, even the Mike Heck is a Legend guy in the chat, Garrett Clemens, is agreeing with me. So I, I feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Garrett, Cle- it too? Garrett Clemens?
3: He's
5: <laughs> a casual. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. my oh. opinion, I'm a stubborn wow. prick and I ain't going to change my mind. No, I'm just you're, joking. You're your biggest
3: fan and you're turning against it. I
5: know. I'm joking. That's why I, I like yeah, that's why I'm apparently a legend. I am who I am. I'm <laughs> stubborn and you, it's got to take – I'll admit when I'm wrong, but I don't feel like I'm wrong here. What else we got? Are Yuri and Alex Hall of Fame worthy with under 10 UFC fights each? Like right now? Is that the question? I assume the winner. It's
4: good. I Let's assume the, they're saying the, if they win. win. The winner okay.
3: tomorrow. Alex, 100,000%. Yeah. yuri i would still has some easy. work to do
4: really you think yuri oh
3: yeah just Too, being a ufc champion doesn't make you a, a hall of famer
6: he'd
4: be a two-time ufc champion though
3: but what does that mean that just means he got injured during his not
4: well he, he, kind just kind of sure. defense then it's two-time regardless because you you win and you defend or you win and you sure. win it's still two-time yeah that's like that he was going around like i'm a nine-time welterweight champion
6: or whatever is he keeps saying um
3: like i, yeah, I love uh, yuri but if he wins he'll be four and oh in the ufc like that's not a hall of famer.
4: For, well, it, 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 <laughs> no, I, no, I, I think Geary and Alex, whoever wins tomorrow, are future hall of famers. Yes, that's why I definitely agree on that.
3: One. Well, Geary probably is already in for the Glover fight, like just as a fight. Well, no, I'm, oh, talking, yeah. I'm talking. In, sure. I'm talking an
4: individual. Yeah. yeah, as an yeah. individual. Yeah.
6: I'll say both. I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I think they both make it though. Obviously I, this is coming with like, no matter what year, he's not going to retire. I assume not going to retire. i just, you never know, but I assume not going to retire. So I'm probably projecting a little bit like, Oh, we add on three or four more big fights for Yuri. But even if he retired after Saturday, no, you know what? I, I'm kind of machine now, actually. Um, I, I don't know. Cause the, the company rewards you for doing stuff for them that's what the UFC likes the most is did you did you spill enough blood for us and uh yeah four fights probably wouldn't be enough as messed up as that sounds
3: yeah no I mean that's I don't feel like that's messed up like a hall of fame has to mean something right and already the UFC's kind of doesn't because we've lowered the bar a lot on on who gets in and who doesn't but like if you're just going to let in every champion who ever won a belt what does it matter at that? Oh, point?
4: Oh, and we're not. I, I guess we're not counting at all of Yuri's previous career before UFC when he was. Well, no, they they no they I
3: mean wouldn't. it's an. It's not an MMA Hall of Fame. If it was an MMA yeah. Hall of Fame, every aspect of the criteria is different, right? Like, well, I mean, no just, they don't care. as long as you
4: fight, like, like Sakuraba is in the UFC Hall of Fame, not based on his UFC career, even though he did fight in the UFC. But they have
6: one. claimed. At this point, at this point, we're just pride. having a
3: weird dialogue yeah. of what yeah, actually it, UFC yeah. Hall of Fame yeah, is. Yeah, you're right. I hate yeah. talking about the UFC
6: Hall yeah. of Fame because I remember UFC they claim fame fame pride. They, UFC essentially acts like pride is theirs. They act like they claim the pride because they own the tapes now. So they're like, oh yes, oh pride is us. So if you do something in
4: pride and the UFC, then that's all UFC. That's how they look yeah. at yeah. it. So. Sorry, I, I, got, sucker, I got suckered I got in talking about Hall of Fame stuff. It's a great for me. Great
3: forum. If you're four and zero, in those wins are Vulcan, Ozdemir, Dominic Reyes. Glover Teixeira, who was pretty old at that point, and then Alex—like, that's a great run. I'm not taking anything away from it, but that just doesn't—you're not like a hall. By the of way, fame Glover man. was
4: always old. He—he he literally was never young. Like he, sure. he was born. Yeah. He was born as a 38-year-old man. By that's the fair. way, just just that's, want you to know that.
3: That's <laughs> super fair. <fat. laughs>
5: don't take that away from Don't take that away from Yuri. I don't know. Have you seen bearded Glover Teixeira this week? No. It looks it's like tremendous Santa Claus. So it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> <clears throat> We're all praising for Yuri versus Alex, but what if becomes? What if it becomes a snooze fest? It could turn out like Adesanya versus Romero. Do you see it, a world? It actually could not. It like actually could Those not. are two counter strikers. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Th-
4: we have two counter strikers. There's always that risk. So, yeah,
6: no. and, and, and listen—if it then we'll criticize it afterwards. Why? Why would we ahead of time go like, "Well, this fight's probably going to suck"? Because that is—we were—we were crazy about uh, Adesanya versus Romero. We were crazy about Derek Lewis fr- versus Francis Gagne, and there was good reason. You—you you can't look back on your analysis for those fights and go like, "Oh, we shouldn't have. We shouldn't have." Uh, baked up those fights now that now that they happen yeah of course of course now that you know they happen you can say it. so no there's no reason if it's bad we'll have a laugh about it tomorrow we'll 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 look at ourselves like man why did we not consider but we have considered it you have to consider everything in mma you just don't know what was the one a uh, danny gay and uh nate land were i remember earlier this year i was like oh that's gonna be a freaking banger it's fine it's an okay fight and guess what on paper it looked like a banger that's that's how this thing is so i mean you know pr- prepare yourself if you need to 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 not be disappointed but uh on paper, this has all the makings of a, of a light heavyweight classic, so we'll see. Any fight, any fight, you never know what can happen. So,
5: wait, were we really super excited about Asani Romero? I was, I was, I was pretty excited. excited. I thought we were really excited about it's it. The well, I the Yoel factor, but no, like, like, but that was, yeah, that was Izzy right no after sense.
3: that. Was Izzy on like a crazy hot streak, too? Yeah, he was just like riding a heater, like, yeah, we were we were pretty into it. I was pretty into it. Yeah, I was just like, why is this fight happening? Y'all probably shouldn't also be getting for right now. Also, that whole week, Yoel was just incredible. He was A-plus mm-hmm. in interviews, right? Like, that was his go, mm-hmm. Go interview goal. with, with – uh, I forget goal. who it was. That was so good. The, the ESPN guy, yeah. Go. Where is Yoel? That's an, that's an all-timer, man. Let's get, let's let's get, Yoel, let's get
4: Yoel on the Phil yeah, Murphy. It, yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's what oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, did you – uh, Oh, I like this kind of – it's more of a comment, but.
5: Yuri is right there with the highlight for the dudes I would pay the most to watch fight. All action, all creative, chance-taking, must-see TV. Yep, sure is. Yeah, yeah.
6: he's awesome. Sure I
4: can't – <clears throat> light heavyweight, I think second for second, the most exciting uh, light heavyweight in the world, Yuri.
3: Oh, Yeah. I think pound for pound, he might be the most exciting fighter in the world. Period. Just because there's an inherent level of danger that comes with a 220 pound man compared to like a 170 pound man, right?
5: Mm -hmm. Him and Gaethje are one and one and two. (laughs) Yeah, just yeah. Like the Uh, the Dominic Reyes knockout is like is one of the most brutal things in history. I thought I thought Dominic Reyes was not getting up. I really did. That was one of the moments I was like, oh boy. Like, this is one of the, this is a bad knockout, like a really bad one. He was like motionless on the ground. It was brutal. Like an elbow
3: at that angle (laughs) from that giant of a man. is such a terrifying. And Reyes had taken
4: a good beating right before that elbow too, right? Reyes,
3: Reyes is winning. Like Reyes had him mounted.
5: Reyes had hurt him and then like ended up getting the fight to the ground and mounted Yuri. And we're like, oh man, Dominic Reyes is back. And then Yuri hulks up and elbows him into another universe. That was my knockout of the year that year too. Didn't win it, but that was my pick.
3: Dominic What were the other
4: top team. ones that year? Because I'm pretty sure that was my knockout of the year
3: too. What was that? 2021. I don't. I don't even remember don't know, right now. We were
5: what, talking about this on Heck of a Morning. Oh no, we talked about this on our show. AK. On on to the next one. Because someone <laughs> had asked, um, like, which fight I hate that everybody loves, and I picked that one only because oh. of like how, how petrified I was. When Reyes hit the floor, I was yeah. like, oh God, we might, we, something really bad just happened. I so that was Usman,
3: that was Usman Masvidal. Yep.
5: Oh, was, okay.
4: Yeah, I guess either, either one being winner. Yeah. And,
3: and Casey, you know, thought, your number one that year was Pettis Horiguchi. Oh, yeah. Same with me, Casey. I also, Yuri, I, 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 Yuri didn't I, I, even make your list. Yuri didn't even make your top five.
4: You did? It. Oh, my bad, my bad. How dare you. <laughs> What's my t- – okay,
3: well, okay, okay. Yeah, we I don't – okay. I had a reason for it. Pettis Morguchi, Usman Masvidal, Sanhagen Edgar, uh, Nganu okay. Miociciu, and then Ducote Taylor. That knockout is, is so
4: good. good. Duc- yeah. That okay. is not know so But you know why? I think I know. I, I got to remember the fight. Um, I think – and I talk about this a lot. Imagery matters, and that photo – Of uh, Dominic Reyes getting elbowed by Yuri is such a great iconic photo. I think, I think that photo really—it's just stuck in our head. So number six was Yuri Dominic Reyes. (laughs) 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 But those other, but but those top five incredible knockouts also.
6: Oh, I put Uh, Sanhagen Edgar. I voted for that. I thought I tried to pretend that never happened. Oh man! But Sanhagen Edgar—that's like
4: I I feel like Mike. That's one of those knockouts (sighs) I I actually hate because. I love Frankie Edgar and of course, Hannah Higgins freaking amazing. And it was, that was, I screamed when that happened because I thought Frankie Edgar died. <laughs> Mike,
6: that should have been my answer for what's a fight that you, that you hate that everyone else loves is every time Frankie Edgar got knocked the F out, probably uh, to put them all together.
3: I got to say, works. looking back on my list, I feel pretty proud. I was one of the only people to put Chris Barnett's ridiculous shit against John Vell- Vellante on his list. And I, I stand. <laughs> right, that's a great. I stand thing. by that.
6: That was a fun knockout for sure. The and the celebration. I think the problem is I think I was giving – I couldn't no separate package. it from the celebration. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, is this really belong? I had to leave it off. The celebration, number one, like by a
4: mile. So good. Uh, we talked about Snooze Fest in the main event. How about they co-main? Could the heavyweight championship be a Who did we get now, I, Mater I, Lewis? No. But I, we paid I, good money for it now. I painted the picture.
6: If it's like Miocic... Uh, well, again, I, and I would not call Miocic versus who won a snooze fest, by the way. That was like a super tense... Probably maybe by the time you got to the fourth or fifth round and you're kind of like, whoa, like Francis just cannot deal with the wrestling. At that point, you probably were maybe rolling your eyes a little. But for at least the first three rounds of the fight, it was like, whoa, it was like, can Steve really is he really going to hold this guy like be able to hold this guy down for three rounds and then you realized he could um so that is how this fight i do think again making that comparison it could turn into Aspinal uh, just being as smart and safe as possible doing just enough to keep uh, uh, uh pavlovich grounded and, and neutralized and held against the fence and just fighting you know grinding it out so it could be it could be boring in that regard but again just given how dangerous pavlovich is for me it's like that'll be interesting in its own way but i also didn't hate almeida lewis so think about, who's, uh, who you're li- yeah. think
4: about who's uh who you're listening to here yeah this guy yeah <laughs> B, B plus performance from almeida
5: yeah that's casey's number six fight of the year right there versus- <laughs>
4: <laughs> fight smart fight smart
3: but that Tom, was Tom Aspelis, he, what, is not that guy, though. He's not, he's not I, like Jailton Was, was, was Almeida that guy?
4: Almeida wasn't that guy. Yeah.
3: Until, no, Jailton was Jailton, We said it even in the lead up like he has a very limited thing that he does, right? Like he gets you, he, he has certain, he's like a package of of takedowns and trips that will get you down. And then he's going to work for submissions. He doesn't really go for damage. Tom goes for damage. Dude. Is, is, like, Aspinall, Tom, is, Aspinall is Aspinall a smart fighter? All
4: time. Aspinall is a very smart fighter. He's coming to this not prepared, not fully prepared. He's fighting. A bit of an unknown of Pavlovich. We don't know how good Pavlovich is on his back. We don't know how truly how good his takedown defense is. I think Aspinall. I think I think this could be a snooze fest, in and in a snooze fest in the sense of it's not going to be that violent, but I think this could be a very smart way for Aspinall to win. And I think that's what Aspinall – I think that's what matters because you don't get an entertainment check. You get a win bonus. You get a championship belt, you know. So that's why I think this – that's why you said that betting line wasn't plus for the decision for Aspinall.
3: oh. Oh, okay. Yeah.
4: The decision of outcome, uh, like, what did you say? AKA was like plus over a thousand, right? 1400. Plus fourteen hundred, yeah. dude. I, that's a that's a crazy smart bet at that bet, at that line. Because if the, if this I fight's going I to decision, it. it's, it's an Aspinall it. decision. Do you see a Pavlovich decision?
3: A thousand percent. I see a Pavlovich decision. On oh. an Aspinall decision. Oh, he has really a decision. Pavlov, Pavlovich I is coming in prepared for I a five round fight. Tom Aspinall, he is a smart guy. I agree with you. And he is smart enough to know that his best case to win this fight is not to stretch out the gigantic man over over 25 True. minutes and probably True. exhaust himself with the cardio that he probably doesn't have right now. Like I, Tom Aspinall is trying to get in, get out, and go home. Everyone I don't wants that to do that, but that's not, here. that might not be the smartest way to win. That's all. But this isn't a 12 week camp, Tom Aspinall. Like, this is a Tom Aspinall who's just trying to get enough cardio in to, like, be good right now, right? And we
4: have zero clue how, what, what Pavlovich is like, what, how much he was truly preparing for this fight. Zero clue.
6: Pavlovich by decision, plus 1600. So if you yeah, want to even get more, a yeah. little more juice out of there, there, uh, there you go. Uh, either way, maybe, maybe, maybe splash a couple of bucks on both if we're being honest. If you really think it's going to go the distance, honestly, yeah, I would throw money on decision.
5: both. Fight goes uh, to the decision probably like plus 800 right now. Uh,
6: I'll have to check, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably in the right range, uh, my best friend. I do think it's around plus 800. Uh, I can't find it right now, but either way, uh, this but,
3: fight is ending in seven minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah, under. Yeah. It's, why, it's why one, and one and a
5: half. Over-under is one and a half.
3: It's and, minus, the minus
5: 210 that it goes under one and a half. Seven minutes um, is what I'm calling.
6: You, Shaheen, you do raise an excellent point about the cardio. I do forget. It is Aspinall. Uh, Pavlovich was preparing as the backup. Aspinall, probably cardio is not quite where it could be. I, I don't think it'll be a problem for him. He's a great athlete, but he, you're right. He is a heavyweight, So and it's going to be whatever. If, if it does extend beyond two rounds, I mean, who knows how much energy that's yeah. going to take for both guys. Uh, but I will say, yeah. remember, Miocic was Miocic going into the Francis fight was not like someone who they thought could grind out a win in that scenario either. He, he was coming off like a run of knockouts. Like Stepe was knocking out people left and right. So it's hard to imagine Aspinall like grinding out a decision. But again, it, it was also with, with, uh, with Miojic the
4: first time I Because that was a smart way to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, of course, you want to get Francis out as quickly as possible. But the smartest way to win was what Stepe did. It's just like, let me just, oh, I survived that first round. Grind him out, grind him out, grind ooh. him out. That's, that's awesome just thing.
3: so much easier said than done, and I don't think that trying to keep a man uh, 280 pounds down I, I, for 25 minutes is is something that's gonna that Tom's like up for right now.
4: All right, whoa, whoa, that's, that's possible. That, that that too. does
6: make me think twice about it. the short The shorter oh. notice does make me think twice about it.
5: Okay, let, let, let me ask you this. So I assume I know where AK and Casey are. You both believe the main event will be a shorter fight than the co-main event. Yes. Oh. Yes, that's, well, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I making, my pick. I'm I, making my
4: picks. I'm making my picture right now. Yeah, the main event's gonna be much shorter I think than I'm the with,
5: co-main. I think I'm with Shaheen, and I think we're on the same page here, my my bald brother. Co-main event's gonna be shorter than the main event. Absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with you on that.
3: I think the main event's gonna be very back and forth for 12 minutes. Yeah.
5: We'll see. Are you? Go- Did
3: you I guys pick? You, ba- you, you
4: guys right. both picked Pavlovich, right?
3: I, I picked
5: Aspinall. I picked Aspinall. Yep. Oh, okay. Paldovich, so yeah. you're,
4: you're picking a quick victory by Aspinall. You're picking a very quick victory by Padovich.
5: Submission yeah. round two, for Tommy Aspinall. Hmm. All right. All right. But again, no we'll idea. No idea. I have so many questions about Intruder. both guys. <laughs> Maybe Tom Aspinall has the most granite chin in the history of the sport. We haven't seen him really get clocked. That's the thing. Maybe, maybe Pavlich hits him with his best shot and Aspinall just does the Dikemi Mutombo hat. <laughs> Bring it. And then we're like, whoa. whoa. All right. That's a whole well, different ball. And, and, and that's, and that's, that's, what's so, that's and,
3: the thing about why, why this fight is so weird, right? Because like, obviously no the heavyweight We don't know. The heavyweight picture all of it the jones stipe stuff makes this weird inherently but also the other aspect of side of this is just like we expected to get this but by the time we thought we'd get this we would have more answers or questions answered for both these guys and instead we have no questions answered for both these guys and they're both total mysteries going into this so it's fun in a way i think we just sold
5: like nine pay-per-views with this conversation i think we did it (laughs) i think we put them over the top this is great now the ufc will be a profitable business due to us Wow!
3: Oh, thank goodness. Changing mean, lives. TKO stock going TKL back TKL. up, guys. <laughs> yeah. TKO
4: stock. It's Danny can put his day day kids in college now. I know. Oh, that's why. I, that's why this co event. Like, I love both these fights because the main and co-main, especially the co just because there's so much mystery. We just don't know. We're kind of. We're all kind of talking out of our butts a little bit because we just don't know anything about these guys. At all. Oh, oh, in terms of. After seven minutes, rather
3: I guess. Yeah, and hey, man, it's a year of chaos. It is the year of chaos. It's the ultimate year of chaos. So, like, if you're gonna have chaos matchups like this, this is the year to have it, right? Like, come on, let's get let's get real weird, guys. Let's get real weird with it tomorrow.
5: Pavlovich by submission. Oh God, Pavlovich by split decision. Wow,
1: we got um,
5: we did have two weight misses, AK. Right? Oh yeah, we did. And Roosevelt and Roberts would Roosevelt on Roberts
6: Rose. on like four days notice. I saw one question, Casey, I'll answer it quick from uh there you go, Joseph boza just shot it up again.
5: Yeah. Uh it takes up on a
6: Tuesday, 158 pounds. Should you should the UFC have made it 160 pounds? Sandy Roberts took it on such short notice firstly uh it's not really the ufc's call i'm sure they could talk to managers they want to and say but it's not really their call they kind of leave that to the manager so the first question you would ask is did robert's team propose it propose a catch weight which i would hope they should have we don't know if they did i would hope they did secondly Rebecca's team has to accept it Uh, Rebecca, but even though someone's coming in saving his spot in the card Rebecca could have been like "Mm, no i still want to have an advantage and make this guy cut as much as he can on short notice so First, the two managers that have to agree on it, and then you know, then yeah, maybe the UFC comes into play. So uh, this is one thing where I won't like point the finger at the UFC and go like, "Oh, how stupid of them for not making this a catchweight." It's not necessarily their
4: call. There's, there's I'm, other. I'm gonna people go. That, I'm, gonna uh, go that, I'm gonna go stupid. To I'm gonna go stupid mm-hmm. and dangerous. Mm-hmm. But to the UFC, like I don't know if I blame yeah, the UFC. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I am. I, know. I am. You bring in. A, you bring would... in a you bring in a forty fiver? You bring mm-hmm. in a 45 fiver to fight at fifty five. That's what you do. You don't. I'm assuming Roosevelt Roberts made a very dangerous cut. I'd be really interested what his hydration is, and things like that. I think it's just this is how we get just really extremely dangerous cuts. And he clearly mm. didn't, he he didn't make weight, so the whole oh. point of bringing this 55er in it didn't even matter because like he didn't even make weight. He he didn't come he didn't come close to making weight. So your uh, issues I just,
6: with that is with them offering with picking Roberts. They're like they shouldn't yeah. have picked Roberts.
4: Oh, okay, okay,
6: not yeah. Not necessarily. As much yeah. as I
4: okay. won't. Roosevelt Roberts in the UFC because he belongs in the UFC. This is a crappy, dangerous way to get back into the UFC. And he mm-hmm. didn't make weight, you know? So yeah. mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't like this.
5: Yeah. But like uh, to the other point, if I'm Rubecki and you find out Roosevelt Roberts is your opponent who had a, has had a history of missing weight even on full camps. This is true. Why would you do 160? Of course you would. You get an extra, you know, you're the, the chance of you getting an extra 20 to 30% of his purse is high. Oh. But that's there's so
4: awesome. Are, are any of us going to be surprised at all? If Roosevelt Roberts can't make the fight tomorrow? No, would not surprise me. In this that's that, So that's why I think this is a, it's still a bad proposition, a bad decision by his opponent and the UFC, but that's one. I say just sign a 45 er who needs a fight. Or new forty, or someone who who's guaranteed to make make way or come much closer. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, by I, the, I, that's uh, why that's why I do blame the UFC on this one.
6: By the way, uh, Garrett Clemens asking why is Roberts back in the UFC is the real question. Uh, one Ultimate Fighter thirty one, never die, uh, superstar. Secondly, he probably never should have been cut. He's a UFC level fighter. He's a yeah. UFC level fighter. He was four and three in his first run with promotion. He beat some good names. I mean, he's a UFC level fighter. They just didn't resign him uh, probably because he was asking for a certain amount of money um, the first time around. Goes back to real scene, wins a couple of fights, does tough, and now he's back. But ne- never should have been gone, really. He's as good, if not better than, I don't even, dozens of the contender series fighters that they have brought in since he's been away.
5: Yeah, I, I don't think th- I don't think he parted ways of the con- – I mean, obviously, you got to win fights and missing weight, UFC doesn't like that. But I think, honestly, him leaving came at a really good time because he was going through a lot personally, probably mentally wasn't prepared to be a UFC fighter, and him kind of leaving the sport and determining whether or not he wants to continue to do this and then finding his way back into tough kind of built his hunger back up again. Things seemed to be going better. He's got a good relationship with Michael Chandler now after the tough season. talked about possibly moving to Florida. I don't know if he actually did that or not uh, to train with Chandler and all those guys, so... I think the timing of him leaving was probably good for him, and who knows? Maybe he goes in there and it just beats Matuidi. he has got dude's got a lot of UFC experience. Got seven UFC fights. He knows what it's like to be in these spots. He's a huge underdog too. is the biggest favorite on the card, minus six twenty five. So and that was I think that was before he missed weight
4: too. That 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 betting line. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah, and this oh. like there 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 are sometimes we miss weight where I think it's an advantage. I think this is a disadvantage for Roberts when miss, by missing weight like this, coming to the last second, you know, I'm trying to say like this is he he, yeah. he we are getting a compromised version, not a heavier version of him. Yeah,
3: in my opinion. We good?
4: Anything, anything else, gentlemen? We're
3: good. I think. Tune into the we're MMA Hour a little
5: bit. Oh yeah. Yeah, six thirty, everybody. MMA Hour live in New York. Uh, if you want to get tickets. You should have got them earlier because they' gone. So you're gonna have to watch them. <laughs> what a tease! What yeah. a tease! Yeah. Damn! Hold out just kick off. The just kick em. You got them. You can't even wear a fake mustache again, and you you just ain't getting it. <laughs> City Winery is off limits to you if you do not have a ticket. So uh we I mean, by all means go down there, there with a fake mustache, though we can't stop you. <laughs> yeah, and take pictures. Hashtag fake mustache uh, and. We'll talk about it. Casey and I will be back tomorrow, uh, around five fifteen Eastern time to get you ready. We'll do the People's Pre-Fight Show. Your questions the entire time. We got the watch party, nine forty-five PM Eastern. It's gonna be a good time. Jose's in New York, so you get all the interviews, all the footage, all the good stuff from the winners, the tastemakers from UFC two ninety five. Press conference post fight show. AK and I going live on Sunday for on to the next one. It's going to be a busy, busy weekend, my friends. Thank you all for joining us. And you have fights tonight, too. You can watch Game Bread Bare Knuckle. Yeah. We on YouTube. Roy Nelson, Alan Belcher. Yeah. You get Randy Costa and Jason Knight in Bare Knuckle MMA. That's friggin' insane. So for AK, Casey, for Shaheen, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody.
3: Love you guys.
5: Happy birthday, AK. Hey, happy
0: birthday, AK.
5: It was your birthday, wasn't it?
0: Don't worry about it.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks.
1: Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.